We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. Why are people going after the McRib? Honest question. Have you seen this? Are you a McRib fan? Have you have you seen this on the internet? No. There is a McDonald's worker who revealed how the McRib is made. And my first question is, where has everyone been? When I go through the drive-thru on the glorious day that the McRib returns, because I don't care what anyone says, the McRib is delicious. (laughs) When I go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and order said McRib, I know what I'm getting myself into. Okay. Like, I know how the patty is made. I'm not a dummy. And yet I still choose to eat said McRib. I don't need a video and then people to lose their minds about how it's made. Where have you been? <laughs> it's a preformed patty in shape of ribs. I think I get it. I I get it. I know what I'm eating. I don't need you. Bunch of blue check marks. You know, I have one. Shaming me into what I'm eating. I know what I'm eating when I pull through the drive-thru. I choose to eat that. Why? Because it's delicious. That's the reason why. So all of the McRib hate, just crank it up again. Turn up the fire and another dancing chicken, like they say on Pure Country. Every single time it's released, someone has something smart I like to say. I know. I know. It's. I get it. It's not prime rib. Right? It's not prime rib. It's a McRib. It's at McDonald's for crying out loud. I know what I'm getting into. With that said, I'll get off my soapbox and welcome in Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World. What's up, EB? How are you, buddy? Hey, Pop. Yeah, I tell you, I love ribs. And the one thing I miss about not covering Tulsa was the annual trips to Memphis. Yes! Oh, that was, oh, I haven't been to Memphis in years. And uh, Rendezvous, Blue City Cafe, I even like Corky's. It's more of a franchise, but I even like Corky's. So I, you got me thinking ribs now, and I haven't thought about ribs in a while. So, but I'm 100 percent with you too with the way you said. You know what you're getting when you order it. Yes. Stop making a big of it. Right. I I know it's a preformed patty. You don't. I don't need a McDonald's worker to show me how that thing's prepared. I get it. <laughs> I know that's that's part of what makes it so delicious. So my my yeah. next my next question for you then is. Um, do when we go to eat at the Germantown commissary coming up, uh, on my trip in a couple of weeks there to Memphis, do you want me to wrap up a rib for you and bring it back for you, Eric? So you can, yeah, cause I know what I'm getting when you go to the Germantown commissary, just like I know what I'm getting when I go to, you go to McDonald's. So yes, do that. No, I, I, no, honestly, I love covering Tulsa for as many years as I did. I loved it. It's still one of my favorite beats. I love, you know, not, I wouldn't take anything away from covering OU, but Tulsa is a fun beat. You got to go to some great places and man, DT and everyone over there is great. I, I miss seeing everyone over there. So uh, it's been a few years since we've been, but the last time, uh, and I don't know how much has changed, but they still serve rendezvous in the press box at halftime. They still have the barbecue popcorn. And this last time we were there, Eric, not only did we get treated to rendezvous, but then they dropped some Gibson's donuts on us as well, which is the famous donut <laughs> restaurant there in Memphis. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm going to make sure not to eat for a few days. <laughs> one more story, too, on Rendezvous and Bribs in Memphis. I still remember one year I went and, and uh, at my seat was a bottle of Rendezvous barbecue sauce. And I said, oh, I can't wait to get this home. 
got on the airplane, forgot it was in my carry-on, and guess what I had to throw oh, away? Oh, no. <laughs> Brand new bottle, oh. never open. Didn't take it with me. So, yeah, that that's, yeah, I remember Memphis. That the, the good and the bad, I remember Memphis. There is no doubt uh, in my mind. Uh, all right, on to uh, Oklahoma football. Uh, the first question I guess I have, Eric, is off of yesterday when Venables was was speaking is is about Billy Bowman because it's become pretty apparent uh, and it's not that hard to tell how valuable that he is. Uh, what's kind of the update on Billy Bowman right now for the Sooners? Still no timeline, but you're right. I, it was a question we asked Ted Roof on Monday was just Billy Bowman's importance to the team. And Roof basically said he's the best player on defense that we have. So I think not having him, you, you've seen the slide since the TCU game, since he got injured. You see that slide in the, in the defensive secondary. You see Key Lawrence is playing a little injured as well, too. So it, it's something they would love to have him back, but they really can't rush the process. And it sounds like from what Brent said yesterday that he's trying hard to get back, and sometimes working too hard isn't, isn't helping his rehab. He needs to let the process play out. And I know he's anxious to get back on the field. I know fans and coaches are anxious for him to get back, but it's just one of those things where he's just going to have to be 100% or close to 100% before he gets back on the field. The question I have with Billy is he's such an impact player uh, on defense. It's, it's special teams where he got hurt, and he can be an impact player there. Do you take him off kick returns? Because I think he, we showed, he's shown how dynamic he could be in the limited time he returned kicks. Do you just take him off to keep avoiding from injury uh, from this point forward? That's kind of what I want to see what happens. Yeah, it's almost like this is for your own good, whether you like it or not. And by the way, to to trying to rush back, I mean, there's a part of you, and I'm sure it's even more as a coach, like you love that, right? The kid loves it so much that he's trying to do everything that he can to get on the field. He's just doing it to his own detriment. So it's kind of a catch-22 right there with a guy like Billy Bowman. It really is, and the amazing thing about him is he's still such a young player, and he's learning his second defensive system in as many years, and really was shortchanged last year by getting shifted around from corner to safety to nickel and playing all kinds of different positions. He's been able to concentrate on just on one spot under Brent Venables, and I think that's really evolved. His his play has really evolved because he's been able to concentrate on that one spot. So you just hate to see him because, you know, five games in the season for that to happen, it really kind of was a, a speed bump no one expected. How do they use the open slash bye week, Eric? Uh, a lot of self-reflection. Uh, I heard uh, Venables kind of speak to a little bit of that yesterday, but how was that uh, week used? You know, it was curious because he said that they self-evaluated their team. They did a self-scout where they there may be some uh, – some things they haven't really had a chance to really see within themselves. So a lot of it uh, was spent just self-scouting their team and trying to find out some of these deficiencies that may not be as evident on tape as we, you know, at first glance. And uh, I think that was important from a coaching standpoint. From a health standpoint, of course, any team's going to, you know, after playing seven straight weeks, you're going to need need a day off. And, and that was that was our week off, and that was huge for the Sooners and their physical well-being. Just those uh, bruises, bumps and bruises that you get during the time of a football season, that was huge for them too. And also, it was important to, to enter the bye week with a win. Uh, can you imagine if they had lost to Kansas? They would have been on a long losing streak. They would have went back to their off, you know, homes and everything, talking about what's going on. It was important for them to have some confidence going into the bye week and kind of refresh for these final five regular season games. I'll steal a line from Marshawn Lynch, who one time I think on the Peyton Manning or the Manning cast said, "Take care of your mentals." 
that to me was taking care of your mentals, getting a win, getting to to the bye week, because as much as they were banged up physically, I mean, I looked at that and just saw a team that was beaten down, like upstairs and didn't have a whole lot of confidence. I'm sure that helped a lot during this uh, time off. I think so. And, you know, just being able to celebrate a victory in the locker room, that's been, that hadn't happened since Nebraska, which was mid-September. So when you think of it that way as well, I mean, this is a team that just was lacking for confidence. And that, of course, all of us know there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, there's still offensively, you can tell how much of a different team it is with Dylan Gabriel taking snaps, but defensively, they still gave up 42 points, which is way too many points, especially for Brent Venables. I mean, you look at their their, uh, four games, last four games in Big 12, 42, uh, 49, uh, 55, and 41. That's a lot of points. So they're going to have to really fix things on that defensive side. Yeah, and what have they pointed to? Where do you even begin with that, Eric? I know, I know, you got some guys that are banged up on that, but I mean, it seems like there's just a lot that's going on on that side of the ball. Really is, and you just wonder if they're thinking thinking too much. And a couple of weeks ago, we asked Brent about, you know, do you simplify things a little bit, make it easier for them to, to grasp? And it doesn't sound like that's the case. He wants them to to, to really be strong with everything that they do. And he, I don't think he's choosing to simplify and understanding that there's going to be some growing pains and there really is. I mean, we're, we're seeing growing pains with this coaching transition. And uh, after those first three games, you probably didn't expect it to drop this quickly, but that's what happened. And uh, I think uh, Brent Venables, I've, I've talked to some people within the program who still say that he's the guy for the job. He's the one that's going to get it turned around that, you know, after seven games, you can't judge, his coaching career after seven games. It's just not fair to him. So, And uh, I, I just think it's one of those things where we're just going to have to let it play out this year, and he's going to have to get his players in, too. He's going to have to recruit. I mean, that's the big thing is the, the recruiting classes are really going to have to be really good. We're seeing good signs of that with Todd Bates uh, on the recruiting trail and some of the others. So I think it's just getting his players on board to what he wants to do and trying to develop that culture, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Well, you said the key word there, that's culture. As Eric Bailey joins us here on the Blitz 1170, the uh, B-Rider for the Sooners from the Tulsa world, the the culture world lo- uh, word looms large for me because uh, if you take all of all of the your preseason goals and kind of throw them out the window, uh, the one that doesn't is implementing your culture. And even through losses, I think, Eric, it has the ability to have an even larger impact through culture because you've been able to to work and, and fight through something together that will help you down the road as much as anything. So even if, say, championships and you know specific bowl games or level of bowl games, whatever, you crumple that up and you throw it out the window, the culture part of this doesn't change at all for Venables and the staff. Exactly. That's precisely right. And I think for Oklahoma right now, it's maintaining that positive attitude, knowing that you're getting better every week or striving to get better every week and seeing just, just, that's what he said. He, Brent mentioned it yesterday at his press conference. Someone asked him before the season, where would he see success this season? And he said, it's just continued improvement every day, every week until the end of the season. And you're a better football team. Now, uh, we're, you know, I, the, the jury's still out on how that, this season's going to end, but I think that's what he wants this first year is to see that improvement to make to help make that turn to back to where Oklahoma is used to being. So I think that's very important. And you know, the most important thing for them now too is they got to find a way to win two more games. They got to get bowl eligible. And who would have thought we'd ever say that? <laughs> around Oklahoma football. We haven't had that conversation since 98, 99, Bob Stoops' first year. And we haven't talked about bowl eligibility, and, and that's where we're at right now. And and Brent, another thing is Brent gets it. He understands why we're writing what he writes. He's said that in back-to-back press conferences now that 
uh, you know, if you want to change what they're right, we got to do things better. He's told us that. He's told his team that. So uh, I think he understands that. And, but, Pop, the biggest thing is trying to find a way to get bowl eligible, to get those 15 extra practices, mm-hmm. because with such a young football program, uh, not so much non- young, but just new football program, it's just 15 extra days to really work out and, and continue to build that culture. Speaking of young and new, um, there's a young man from Broken Arrow, right, in Robert Spears Jennings, RSJ, however you want to refer to him, uh, goes into the lineup, makes a makes an, an impact as well. That's one of those young guys, right, Eric, that they're having to count on right now because of the Bowman in, uh, injury that's happened. Uh, but at least right now, signs and arrows are pointing in the upward direction around RSJ. Exactly. And he was a guy, I'm going to write a story about him later this week. I had to get a chance to do a little walk-off interview with him on Monday night. And he's excited about the opportunity. He made me laugh when he said, uh, I said, how much have you grown from when you first walked onto campus to now? And he just started laughing almost saying, you know what? When I first got here, I didn't know anything about footwork. My footwork was terrible. Now I know how you know how important footwork is when you're playing defense. And and he talked about being patient and you know being a player like a lot of players when they're used to playing, used to being star players, and now he's really having to be patient while he learns the game. He said he admitted he was difficult to not play. His first time to play defense, not on special teams, but defense, was the TCU game. And his most uh, action that he got was this past week against Kansas, or a week and a half ago against Kansas. And so. You know, I had a chance to talk to Robert. I got a chance to talk to, to Brent Venables about him, too. And Venables is excited because he knows that guys like him are going to have to step up, especially not only from an experience standpoint, but just because, they, like you said, they need him, that depth standpoint. They need players like him. And it's fun to see, it's, it's fun to see a local young man like uh, Robert from Broken Arrow to have the success he is, especially being from the Tulsa area. We've seen a lot of Tulsa players go through that program and have success, most recently like Pat Fields and guys like that. And uh, Gentry Williams from Booker T, he's got some playing time too for the OU. So it's neat to see those 918 guys go down there and, and have success. I think uh, RSJ is should get credit for uh, us having that wonderful picture of Bob Stoops at Chili's and Broken Arrow, for crying out loud, when he was trying to save his his commitment <laughs> for when Lincoln Riley left. That was That's one of my favorite photos from the last year is Bob at Chili's in BA. I'm like, hey, I go there a lot. Hope he had the uh, triple dipper. Eric <laughs> Bailey's with us from the uh, Tulsa World here on the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. Uh, this Iowa State team, Eric, we talked with one of their beat writers yesterday. Say what you want about them offensively because at times, ugh, especially the running game, which might be a good thing for this uh, OU defense. Defensively, though, man, there's a lot to like about them. This is going to be a significant challenge for the OU offense. Uh, even if their overall record doesn't look great, this might be one of the better defenses we've seen from Iowa State under Matt Campbell since he's been in Ames. You know, a little while ago we were talking about culture, and that's exactly what Iowa State has. They have a culture. He's been there seven years. Most of those defensive coaches have been there seven years. You look at what they do, and they do it well. That three-three-five. They, you know, people say, "Oh, you can't. You should be able to run against the three-three-five. It's it's hard for that to stop the run." Well, they do it. You know, they lead the they lead the uh, Big Twelve, and I think Brent said uh, scoring defense, total defense, rushing defense, passing defense. It's the grand slam. And that's how good this defense is. So it, it really is going to be a challenge to move the football uh, against the Cyclones. I mean, you just look two weeks ago, the 10-9 game when Iowa State lost or lost at home to TCU 10-9, 10 points against TCU. And this is a TCU offense that's been on fire lately. 
the last time Iowa State played, it was a, it was a 10-9 game. So, you know, it, you're going to have to take advantage of every opportunity to score points. You can't settle for field goals. If you're in the red zone, you've got to find a way to get the ball in the end zone, especially with the way Oklahoma's defense has been playing. You you know, points are going to be at a premium. So I think that's so important in this game. And, yeah, Matt Campbell, their record may not show up. But this is an outstanding defensive football team. And, you know, just to get out there out of Ames with a one-point win will feel huge if you're an Oklahoma fan. There is no doubt because I was just getting ready to say it's not like that this has been an easy place for Oklahoma to play in the past anyway in general. No, not at all. And you know what's crazy, Pop, is, you know, I was looking at the notes earlier, and I mentioned this to uh, Eli Letterman, who covers OU with me. You know, OU is out of the fast past 53 games, OU is 49-3-1 against Iowa State. You're just talking about a ton of success. But two of those losses to Iowa State have come in the last six years. Wow. So it, it, it's just it's just something that it, it's, they've been tough under Matt Campbell, and it's going to be tough again on Saturday. 49-3-1, and one, and here we are talking about that being a tough place to play <laughs> up in Ames. That is a great, great stat, Eric. Uh, EB, thanks, man. Uh, good to hear from you. Hope all is, uh, is well in your world, and I can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to come on with us here on The Blitz. Oh, no problem at all, Pop. It's always good to talk to you. So you guys have a good... Have a good uh, week, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, I'll wrap a rib up for you and bring it back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right. That would be awesome. All right. Thanks. See you. That's Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World, who covers the Oklahoma Sooners, joining us here on the Blitz 1170. One rib. How much it costs for one rib? Do you know that bit, Matt? The Chris Rock bit? No? <sighs> no? Nothing? I, I Nothing feel I, I feel like I've I've heard it. Okay, but it's been a minute. Yeah, you should probably go and check that out. It's it's really funny. Good stuff. Really funny. Yeah, it is. All right. The thing about uh, like say what you want about the three three five and everyone just under this notion that you should be able to run against it. Mm, not necessarily the case at all. I mean, part of the reason for it is to have a lot of flexibility in the first place. I mean it. You can clog up space, extra defensive backs with linebackers. I'm, I, I, it is the, the one thing about it, though, is that you've got to make sure that you have the right type of athlete to do it, and they do it as well as anyone up at Iowa State. Yes, it makes them tough. It makes it tough to get to the quarterback sometimes, but it also depends on what type of calls that you're making from your defensive coordinator because you can either turn your defensive lineman loose and free to allow them to have the opportunity or you're going to allow that to happen from a linebacker perspective depending on where your blitzes are coming from. But Iowa State does it well, man. They do it as well as anyone. All right, it's 247. We will take a timeout. (sighs) Why... Why is ESPN on in here? Why? I don't know. That's that's what we're given. I I I The thing, have you noticed this? So look at the top of the screen. Look at what they're doing now. So the matchup tonight is the Nets and the Bucks. And they're breaking it down, right, Matt? Yeah. But look right in the middle of the screen. They now have a countdown clock. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> 3 hours and 43 minutes tonight. For the Nets and the Bucks, one and two versus two and zero. Oh. Woo! But st- it's th- three hours and thirty minutes. Like we we're to a point where we need a countdown clock on the NBA show for for a game that's being played in October. Nobody cares. It's October. 
It's not that nah, you can't say that no one cares, right? That's that's not the point here. Meanwhile, Scott Files screaming, "I care!" Yeah, I that I, I this is not a a comment on anyone caring or not. It's just weird that we have to have a countdown clock now <laughs> at three hours forty three minutes. There was one on the other day that I saw. It was like seven hours until this game on ESPN. <laughs> no, okay, it's okay. You could just put up. Six Eastern. It's like it's it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to have the countdown clock. That and am I uh, sounds awful because I'm not the picture of health. I know exactly where you're going, and yes. Can Kendrick Perkins' head get any bigger? A lot of that's probably the beard, but have you seen how wide his face is? He's a big guy. He must love bread. Hi, I'm Kendrick Perkins for bread. <laughs> Golly. Also, what, find the picture of him now compared to when he played. Okay. And people want to make fun of, of Chuck. Come on, man. Seriously. I like how I just, all I had to do was type in Kendrick Perkins then, and then, and now popped up, and I was like, oh. Oh, one just does? Yeah. Automatically? Yeah. It's staggering. It's it's definitely the beard. No, that's more than the beard, man. It's the beard and probably... The beard oh. makes it look that way, but I'm telling you. It's like every time I look up... There's it, bread. It's taking up more and more and more of the screen. Yeah, he And it's not from yoked. the camera angle either. All right, like I said, I'm not the picture of health. Also, just one more grievance about that countdown clock. I feel like you should only have a countdown clock for World Series, Super Bowl, or if it's like the NBA Finals. It has to be a serious sporting event, not some run-of-the-mill Wednesday night matchup. It's just weird. I don't know why you couldn't do what they do at the ticker, which is, hey, coming up at 6.30 tonight, it's the Nets and the, and the Bucks. But then where would we put the... Illinois versus Nebraska at 3.30. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that this is technically a countdown show all the way to that because they're not going to have this same show on for three and a half more hours, are they? No, you do like the countdown be versions at versions of Sports Center and everything else that goes in. All right, it's 2.50. We'll take a timeout here on the Blitz 1170. Hey, tomorrow we're going to be out at the casino giving you a chance to sign up to win a trip to see the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, Matt, courtesy of our friends at Miller Lite. That includes tickets to the game. That includes a stay at the Gaylord Texan. That includes $500 cash. All can be yours. But if you're saying to yourself, I can't make it out to the casino, well, I've got good news for you. You need to text the word VIP. Do you want me to spell that for you, Matt? Yeah. That's V. Okay. I and then P. -p, -p feel like I'm going through my daughter's homework right now. <laughs> VIP to 79640. That's VIP to 79640. And you are automatically registered. We can even say words with it. Viper, indigo, pig. Huh? Maybe that'll help someone. Don't confuse people.
It's hard enough to remember phone numbers. We're going to get a text that says Viper Indigo Pig. VIP <laughs> to 79640. Don't make this more complicated than what it is. All right, time out. We'll come back with more next year. That trip, by the way, courtesy of our friends at Miller Lite. Because, Matt, it's Miller time on the Blitz 1170.